Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kierens, and I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help to bring our favorite beers and breweries to life. This week is no different. It's a very fitting guest for all you lovebirds out there, good post-Valentine's Day gore with the extremely talented, direct, honest, and dark Sam Heimer. We came to learn to Sam through the work that he's done for Abomination Brewing Company. He's also done work with Trogues and a few other breweries as well. But Sam is a hardworking guy. He's direct. He's honest. He has standards. And it was a real pleasure to, you know, sit down and talk to him. Uh, you know, it's another example. Sometimes we have to convince artists to, to be a part of it. And, you know, Sam warmed up to me. I think he, uh, he tolerated me. And I was really, uh, I was really proud of this episode because you'll, you'll, you'll see. I mean, I don't want to ruin it for you, but what I really was proud of is to, to be able to share his story of, doing what he loves, being passionate about it, being committed to having his style, his voice, you know, and even some of his, you know, side projects, which he has a, a few of. He has a kind of side projects, side projects. And he's doing it what he loves. He's able to share and, you know, work with other, you know, avenues or venues that, you know, share that same mantra and, and passion. And it's just uh, it's just a real joy to to be a part of it. It was nice to to share that. The cool thing for us is a lot of times we don't know the story. We don't we're not going in there. When I reach out to artists, I'm not reaching out to you know X, Y, or Z because I know that they did this or that. It's some of it's pretty pretty thin. You know why we're connecting. It's you know it could be a couple pieces, a couple labels we really like, and want to track down some recommendations we've gotten. We don't know the story, and so when stories like this come to us and we're able to share them with you, I think it's a really great, you know, example of of someone who's just is passionate, didn't take an easy road, did you know what was true to their self, and you know, and they're coming out on the other side. But uh, it's not easy. It's uh, not for the faint of heart, but it's a it's a good story that I hope you'll you'll really enjoy and get a chance to you know check out his work, Sam Heimer. Sam underscore Heimer on the IG, the Instagram, and uh, we're the 16-ounce canvas. In case you forgot that, you can check us out via the World Wide Web's 16ozcanvas.com is the website, Uh, 16ozcanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and use that hashtag, and we thank everybody who's been doing it, 16ozcanvas, whenever you're tagging your art, your designers, artists, creatives, or just a, just a badass label that you're digging on. You know, we uh, take recommendations, we go down the rabbit holes of the, of the interwebs, and uh, we find out more information about the artists, and hopefully we'll break them down and get them to, to come onto the show in the future. So we thank you all. Um, this is a good episode, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. So without further ado, I bring to you episode number 98, Noventa Iocho, featuring the extremely talented whiskey drinking Sam Heimer right here 
on the 16-ounce canvas. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Excited to have with us today, checking in from my hometown, the city of brotherly love, the one and only Mr. Sam Heimer. Thanks so much, Sam, for, for making the time to join us today. So what I just came to learn, and I'm always down for fun facts, is that where Sam is checking in is technically it's brewery town, and back in the back in the heyday, 70% of all the kind of the, the booze or beer in, in Pennsylvania was, was brewed right there. So that, I got to say, I never heard that. That's an awesome fun fact, Sam. So we can kind of end now. That was pretty good, man. We're good to go. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Excellent, yeah. So really cool. We came to, to learn of Sam for the work that he has uh, done with uh, Abomination, but he's got um, so much more. You know, If you check him out on his uh, Instagram, Sam underscore Heimer, H-E-I-M-E-R, then you can go to his Etsy store, and then fun fact: we, another one we learned yesterday was uh, his his own you know toy company, Himmelstas Heimbach Toys, and you can check them out at hh underscore toys underscore inc on uh, Instagram, and then uh, mythosinmypocket.com is the website. So you're uh, you're dropping all sorts of knowledge on us. So I, I, I'm excited to talk to you, Sam. I have my fingers in a lot of pies. Kind of keeps me sane. There you go. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, uh, I we love the we love the grinders and the, we call them entrepreneurs. It's a it's a word that has not taken off yet, but we're we're working on it. And uh, you know, I always uh, appreciate the the hard work. So it's 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 really cool to see that. Yeah, I appreciate it. It uh, definitely is. I don't know. It's fast of the method to my madness. Able to uh, get frustrated with one job and jump over <laughs> to something. A little different. There you go. Yeah. So it's uh, uh that's, that's a good perspective for it. And yeah, I really I like your work. It's it's definitely definitely dark skeletons, pump you know pumpkins. That hand drawn vibe to it. It's really very detailed and intricate. Has a some of it has a you know retro vibe to it with the you know posters of yesteryear. And so I'm really just uh kind of excited to learn the what's what's your story, Sam? How did you how did you get into drawing and you know. Yeah, that style of, of drawing. What's the what's the Sam story? Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure where to start. That um, anywhere you want, my friend. This, this is my favorite part. I get kick back and let people talk about themselves. Yeah, man, I'm not sure I have enough beers in me to get this right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I growing up, both my parents were teachers, and. I had an open Saturday until I was old enough to drive. They uh, had me doing every sport, art program, nature program, just everything imaginable, uh, which you know, I'm sure as a kid I didn't particularly care for, but you know, it definitely laid the groundwork for where I'm at now. And uh, uh, again, being teachers, uh, my mom was always... Put that book sales and whatnot. And, uh, kind of right out of the gate, I really gravitated towards those, uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents collections. And that's, uh, kind of where I guess the first time I read Lovecraft, Poe, Algernon Blackwood, all these authors that kind of started shaping, I guess, my viewpoint and how I approach art. And I, uh, I don't know. I, I think more of all than artists when uh, talking about my art. I don't know if it's a tone thing or an atmospheric thing, but 
all through high school, I was just constantly doodling. And uh, yeah, by the time I got out of there, art school was really my only option. Which, uh, yeah, lo and behold, I really didn't have the best experience with because I don't want to say I was established in any way, shape, or form, but I kind of had what I wanted to do, what I was doing. And I was really just there for the uh, business aspect, which I won't say was glossed over, but very little time was spent on it. And, uh, yeah, before I had even graduated from UArts, I already had a part-time art director job, uh, print work. So, yeah, I guess that's the overarching. Yeah. And I hear that a lot about um, some folks. We had a guest in the past who actually teaches a class now because his his experience in you know his art uh, design school was that there wasn't you know this the business aspect of things you know I, you can do all this stuff but how do you put together a brief or a picture? I mean even something simple as how do you send an invoice right? So there's just it's it's interesting when you think about that because it just sometimes yeah. art art school just seems like this you know hippy dippy thing sometimes you know it gets a bad rap and it's like you know it's still a business you need to be able to make money off it obviously you're there to learn how to draw but there I, i'm hoping that some of these classes have evolved to have a more you know robust you know portfolio pitch sell and you know get paid slash eat function right right they they really need to drive home that you're you're making the work for yourself you you have to find your niche. If there isn't a niche, you have to make a niche. And like, that's the hardest part. I think I'm on my 13th year of freelance illustration and, uh, I've only been doing it 100% full time for a year and a half now. And I mean, for several years, I've only, you know, worked at a friend's business for a day or two bartended one night a week, but you know, it, it, it takes a while to get to that point and i think a lot of people kind of get a little too downtrodden and just jump ship i mean not a lot of people i graduated with are doing anything remotely related to art right now which is kind of heartbreaking yeah you get to have a thick skin i mean i think it definitely uh it's not a it's not for everybody and so i think those that make it i think that's why we try to celebrate folks like yourself because there's definitely probably a lot of, a lot of easier paths you could have taken in, in life to, to get here. Yeah. Well, I think that's why it did take me 13 years is because I was so stubborn about the work I would take. And I, you know, speaking of paths, like, you know, anybody who clicks over to my Instagram or my website and looks at my work, you'll definitely see a common thread and vein and sense of humor through all the work. And I could have, I could have dumbed that down. I could have prettied it up to apply it towards children's book illustration. I could have made it a lot more, a lot more vague and a lot less grim and tried to get myself some editorial work, which isn't great money, but it's constant money. But now I just kind of kept doing my own thing. And now here I am getting to draw Halloween and melting faces all day, every day. And it's, uh, the dream come true <laughs> see yeah i think that's a yeah i think uh and it's been one of our more common uh recent themes is kind of that of the the shitty jobs or the the hardships that make it really all worth it right you know those nights bartending or whatever you're doing that wasn't really 
what you wanted to be doing. You knew that it was kind of uh, helping you and makes you appreciate what you're doing now. And you can hear it in your, you know, in your voice and your work. And, you know, which is, it's, it's, you know, we should applaud that. We should be, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm happy for you. I think that just whatever that is for people, you know, I don't think everybody's living their, their truest self or what, what, what that, you know, that's always the question you get, what would you be when you grow up? And it's really just like, you know, it's a way to look at what would make you really happy not necessarily rich and so um it's you know it's uh that's why we're, yeah i'm really excited to, to talk to you because because it, it's um it's you know it, it's rare and i think that you know that's why we're celebrating sam today you know it's it's important <laughs> no i i appreciate it and i consider myself extremely extremely lucky to uh to be able to do this and you know fingers crossed the people who do patronize my work and what my work ends up on don't get sick of my hijinks and live language because i cannot go back to any of the several dozen jobs i had in the interim yeah exactly yeah exactly right yeah so i think it's again let's uh let's give the plug right you have uh you know, there's a you have etsy etsy you know looking for sam on etsy you can buy some of his works his toys his prints you know it's you're you're constantly creating so i mean that's uh it's impressive and i like that you go to your website and you can see some of the, the sketch work, you know, just to see the, the process and, you know, your detailed line work, you know, some of this stuff is dark and scary as hell, but, you know, you really look at it. It's, it's really intricate, you know, some of the, the webbing, the netting, the blood, the gore, you know, it's all, it's really, you know, it's really detailed and it's, uh, it's nice. It's also pays tribute kind of to the, some of the early stuff, you know, has a, definitely has a, some of it has a real classic feel to it. Yeah, you can probably tell growing up, I was also kind of transfixed by uh, Gustave Doré and uh, Edward Gorey, which yeah. are kind of yeah. kind of opposite ends, but they both have kind of that engraver's line quality that I just really gravitated towards as a kid. Now, yeah. Now, what's your what's your process? I mean, is it pencil, pen, and ink, and then you're going from there? You know, what's the how are you bringing these to, to life? Yeah, no, you, you hit that nail on the head. I, uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I am not good with technology. I avoid it until the very end. So I don't know if you've ever worked in screen printing, but everything's built in layers. Each color is a layer when you're screen printing. And all of my art is pretty much built the same way where uh, the line work is you know, done on Bristol in ink and pencil. And then with a transparent layout comp, uh, like every color, all the shadows, um, all the highlights are also inked in black. And it, it, you know, it, it bums me out that I don't have like a singular piece, like a painting you could frame and hang on the wall. But if you hold this up to the light, like it makes a complete image. And then in the very end, I scan in each of those layers individually and kind of juxtapose it in Photoshop. No shit. Oh, wow. That's yeah, that's probably the most like analog traditionalist I've heard. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's wow. It gives me maximum control. I mean, it it's exactly that. It's analog Photoshop, you know, except I can touch all of these layers. That way, you know, if I screw up something, I can very easily change it without having to like i mean round of applause for all the painters out there i don't know how they do it i 
I'd bite my nails to the bloody stumps, just the stress over composition and getting everything right. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned about it, I mean, even screen printing, I've seen, we've had a fair amount of uh, screen printers, you know, here, and it's just amazing. You know, I, I try to collect, you know, the art of the different guests or bands I really like, and so when they're just, it just gives me a whole new appreciation for that, just the, the fact that each one, you know, every color and just, uh, it, yeah, I don't know how the hell you do it. My patience would, nope. would wear thin pretty quick. Um, there's a real magic to it too. And it, it's, it's funny talking to non-creatives about art, especially in bars after a couple drinks, because you draw, I tell someone, <laughs> you want to do my tattoo? Uh, you can't afford me. Stop. <laughs> but no, like everyone's like, Oh, you do comics? Like, no, no, I'm a freelance illustrator. And just like screen printing, like doing comics, is like having a split PhD in like brain surgery and astrophysics. Like it's, it's two different skill sets and screen printing is just so meticulous. And there's a million things that can go wrong. Like I, every time you see a screen print, just <laughs> like I've, I've done lots of screen printing and so much blood, sweat and tears goes into that, that like, never bat a lash at paying top dollar for a decent screen print because it just takes so much time and patience and fortitude. Yeah. And really it's every, each one is one of a kind. Cause I mean, the color, you know, it could clump here, whatever there, that doesn't come out the right way. You know, like the, yep. it's it, yeah. Cause a couple of folks have shamed, I've, I've watched, I have a weird obsession with time-lapse videos and there's been a few time-lapse screen print videos and, I just was like, holy shit, like that's, that's that. And yeah, so then, you know, I went through all my collection and kind of just gave him a, you know, a little extra hug. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Cause it's just, I, I, I wanted the patience for that. And it's just, uh, it's a, yeah, it's wonderful. And so that, that must be interesting because when you draw, then you must, so you have this like way to almost draw in 3d away you're looking at all the layers and how they're going to sit on top of each other it's definitely probably change your perspective in a way yeah no it, it definitely does and it it lets me shift things around and move stuff around and you know it's it's a lot easier to compose the image when you know everything is is mobile which you throw all these layers on a light box and you can kind of screw around till you have it right now, how many? Now, how do you decide with you know that okay, this this drawing is going to be you know screen printed versus just you know what you're doing, or, or is most a lot of your work screen printed work? Like how do you how do you make that distinction when you have a, a new idea come up? Well, you that that's the thing. Um, you you have to know your screen printing going into it. Um, the way I work is very conducive to screen printing, but the fine line detail I work in is not always conducive to screen printing and even put through like a 1200 mesh screen. Some of these fine lines, uh, some of this hatching gets completely blown out, gets lost, um, which it, you know, I, I don't want to sound too negative, but working for bands is <laughs> like all of the worst experiences I've had with clients and You'll you'll be done project and they'll be like, oh, oh, we're gonna screen print this on shirts too. Like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't work that way. 
or you're welcome to try, but you're going to be throwing money out the window because I didn't know it going into it. So you, you got to use chunkier line weights. You got to be a little more picky with what fine detail you're putting down. Otherwise, you're just going to have a, a dirty mess unless you have an incredibly skilled screen printer. Yeah, and those shirts are not going to be cheap either. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so when you screen print, I mean, there's color limitations. It's a number of colors. Do you have a certain number of colors that you will max out working with? Is it how, how many, you know, enlighten us here? Oh, I mean, I'll, 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 if I'm not printing it personally, I will, I will shoot the moon. But if uh, I have a, a split gallery space over Northern Liberties that I rarely use anymore, but in the back, uh, there is a full print setup. Uh, we share it with Nested Print Studio, which Sean Heilman is a screen printing maverick. But I mean, once you get past like three colors, you know, dropping registration each time, it's just it's a nightmare. And if you're doing something in six colors, you know, if you're not using an auto press or like punch out registration, you're going to print a thousand posters and you're only going to have 200 that are fit to be sold. Just, yeah, it's again, like I'm, I'm not a pro, but anything past three colors is just (laughs) stuff and nightmares. Yeah, well, some of your work is stuff and nightmares, right? So, I mean, it kind of all comes together, right? You're scaring the <laughs> shit out of people. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. it. I, I like yeah. it, yeah. Oh, thanks. I just... <laughs> I'm not going to show my children this episode, but they might fucking have nightmares. But, yeah, definitely, uh, it's exciting. Now, let's see here. I thought I kept uh, almost like a childlike uh, sense of humor. Well, yeah. I, I never, I, I never want to be like the next plus head or like people ask like, why don't I go after getting more work in like metal and punk rock album covers? And like, I, I don't know. I, I, I still want that, that sense of humor to the work. I don't want it to just be gore and crust and. Yeah. Yeah. Now how do you, cause that's an interesting question because you're, you know, you're your own boss, you're freelance, and, you know, the, you're trying to you know, not have to have a shitty, you know, work for somebody else. So how do you, how is that process picking clients? Like, obviously, you probably get some weird requests. You know, how do you decide, you know, whether that's a you know good fit or not? You know, what, what is it what the end result is and how that fits with your style? Or what's the, you know, what's the criteria for, you know, for your pen for hire, so to speak? Well, anything that, that isn't 100% in my wheelhouse goes into another stack and that stuff I kind of reevaluate. And if, if it's going to be a ton of fun or if it's going to be a cool product, I, I will give it a shot, but you know, for the most part, I'm not doing anything that's not too far out of my realm, um, which, you know, I'm in a kind of comfortable position where, you know, the people that know me, know my work and I years ago I would have people like hey can you uh do a portrait of my grandmother and you know like is she dead okay <laughs> yeah with a pumpkin on her head yeah <laughs> exactly because that's how she's gonna look but yeah I I it's gotten to a point where 
it's once in a blue moon now that someone hits me up to do something that's just too too far out from what I'm doing. Which is funny, right? Yeah, I, I, I can imagine that. It's like, oh, I would like a family portrait, and you're like, I can, I'll, I can have like your your family dead, right? It's like, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, I, 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 I go through great lengths to not take on private commissions in the sense of it'll be hanging on your bedroom wall, like as an art. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm flattered. You want to blow through that amount of cash, but. You know, it does me no good as an illustrator and, you know, people like that. I try and steer towards pre-existing original inks I have in my flat file. There you go. You know, if, it, if it's not going to be seen by anybody, it it's kind of a dead game. So how how many, what, what are you working on now? Like how many projects do you have, you know? going on at one time are you a one at a time guy or do you need to keep your hands in multiple pots so oh, to speak? Yeah. uh i've got just illustration i want to say i've got a dozen going right now and i've got about six or seven toy projects on top of that and i it some of these are just in thumbnail form some of them are halfway through being inked uh, I do a lot of work with Cadaver Records, which is just a totally badass uh, spoken arts record label that does uh, spoken word of people like Poe and Lovecraft and Chambers with just gorgeous art and packaging. And like, that's the kind of art I live for. Um, but that stuff, I mean, I'm thumbnailing stuff that's not due for several months ahead of time just so I can get the composition right, make the most out of the job. Now, how did, how does that, how is that process? Is it, I mean, that's pretty rare to have that much lead time. You know, how, how does, how does that, is that because you've been doing it so often with them that they kind of now open up their schedule to you and let you know where they're going to need you and you can plan accordingly or. or yeah, it, no, I've got a, I've got a really good relationship with uh, Jonathan, the guy running it. And uh, I've been doing it, a few years with him now off and on. So he knows how I think. And, you know, we, we kick ideas back and forth. Normally open ended deadlines, uh, will be the death of an illustrator. Like if you have that much time, you're either going to overthink it or overwork it. You know, it, if you hit me up and you're like, I need this next week, like it's cut and dry, you're going to get three thumbnails and, you know, it's not going to get overworked. It's not going to get overthought. But, you know, when the, uh, when the source material is something I really hold dear, then, you know, I really get to have fun with it. Take the sketchbook to a bar, get loaded, read some Lovecraft, draw some thumbnails, make a whole process out of it. Yeah, I think that's pretty rare because, you know, you have such a fondness for, for Lovecraft and then to be able to, express that in a, in a project that's not only enjoyed by yourself, by enjoyed by, you know, so many others, it's, that's really, that's almost like the perfect quote unquote client because you're really, it's, you're, it's something you're able to kind of, that's like a, a huge public thank you to somebody that's brought you so much joy and inspiration, right? Oh yeah, no, definitely. And I, I, I try and have at least one job like in that kind of, like party time realm uh, going at all times. Uh, 
like, I mean, how do I, how do I put this without sounding like a dick? Be a dick. Go for it. <laughs> no, I, my wife made me promise I'd be nice. I'm, I'm an overly negative person. I'm trying real hard, but no, I, I get a lot of people who, who don't know the amount of hours I put into an illustration or they don't, you know, have any idea how long their specific project would take. And, you know, their budget is just way, 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 way below, you know, what I would ever consider. But once in a blue moon, it's just something so insanely fun that I'll make it work. Like I'll, I'll work with your ludicrous budget. You just need to make sure you send me a few of whatever it is, whether it's a bizarro t-shirt or, you know, just fun stuff. I mean, I've got a few liquor bottles sitting here. I've got coffee sitting here with my work on it, little chat books, you know, just bizarre stuff. It's nice to have in your portfolio. It rounds it out. And, you know, I can break it out at parties and, you know, how about we drink my whiskey? Like, it's a nice thing. Fuck yeah. I definitely think I'd like to get drunk with you when I'm in Philly one of these days. But that's for, we'll, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> no. And no, if you, again, if you go to Sam's uh, Instagram, I mean, th- what i mean there's the the hound is so it's incredible i mean and just the the and again if you're you're negative you're not gonna take you won't take the comments very well but the, there's a b-side one of the hound that you know a the work itself is incredible and the fact that it fits on a on a record is it's i mean it's perfect it's really it's really great i mean i'm not i won't lie to you and say i know lovecraft to the level you do you know very little you know wasn't Oh, who is that? But I just think that that working of itself is perfect. But you know, that makes me now what you're doing is making me want to learn more about you know the hound, and so it's mission accomplished there. <laughs> I tell you what, that 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 story is is perfect for Halloween. And again, that's one of those like perfect jobs for me because I I I labored over that thing, and it was it was a joy. Like, I mean the the image that's on the record itself. I mean, that's gotta be 120 hours worth of inking. And I think I just smiled and giggled the entire time, knowing that it was going to be screen printed onto vinyl and how badass it would look in the end. It does, yeah. It looks amazing. I mean, digitally it looks incredible. I can only imagine what that looks like, you know, in your hands. Yeah. And I, I also, uh, put it onto slip mats for record players for some of the subscribers. And it just turned out beautiful. Yeah, see, you, you're not you're not being negative. See, I, I, you almost smiled probably saying that. You know, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and what I like is there's you know your your work has there's different you know the black and whites like really intricate. Then you have kind of your your tongue in cheek you know almost you know you know your Halloween ones with the you know uh, it's very you know laughing kind of almost cartoony a little bit. Then you have your classic you know Halloween the the ink or the the color you know is a little more faded looking has that that classic you know style to it but yeah you can see, you can see there's a there's a a dark humor and you know you're you're having fun doing it which is which is always cool and you must wish the Halloween was like a month long though right I mean that's kind of that's like is that your that's your I mean if it wasn't your favorite holiday if you said it my oh no my favorite holiday is Flag Day I'd be like what the fuck is going on. <laughs> No, no. Halloween is my, uh, is my muse. I, uh, 
I actually have a side project called uh, Order of the Thinned Veil. Um, for the most part, it's myself and another artist named uh, Jason McKittrick, who is just a wizard of uh, resin and sculpting. And we do Halloween all year long. It's, uh, it's Halloween art. It's resin pieces. You get several shipments throughout the year. And then every year we uh, have a, a big event in Philly. Uh, last year, we actually had our own Halloween whiskey made, um, which is what I'm sipping right now by uh, Row House Spirits here in Philly. And it's a uh, pumpkin pie spiced uh, 101 proof whiskey, which, again, like fun stuff like that just keeps me going, really, because not only is it whiskey, but my art's on the label. It's Halloween, you know, Yeah. getting to share with like-minded people. I think, yeah, whatever, I mean, those 13 years, man, I think you're, you're, you got yourself a good niche that's bringing you, you know, work hard, play hard, enjoyment, and then you're catching a buzz in the process. You know, I think it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's nice, man. I think it's, you know, it's not a, I think you're a great example. It's not easy, you know, and you got to work your ass off, but you've, you've been true to yourself and what brings you, you know, happiness. And I think it's nice to, to celebrate that. I think it's really, yeah. You, like you said, you could have gone, you know, kind of taken some easier paths, but you were, you knew, we knew what was, uh, the way to go for you so yeah fuck yeah dude that's great yeah thank you and we are back you're listening to episode number 98 sam heimer from my hometown city of brotherly love philadelphia it's the place to be we've had so many Incredible artists down there in Philadelphia, so it's really exciting. You know, we're going to look into maybe at some point next year, or this year, I guess. We're, it's early till 19, but, you know, doing maybe a, an art show down there in Philly. The Philly version of the Art of Craft Beer. So, little teaser there for you, but this episode's great. Like I said before, you know, Sam's just, he's a grinder. I mean, just hearing some of the stuff he's talking about, some of the, you know, the amount of time he puts into it for, you know, for inking and illustrating and just, you know, it's just really impressive, you know, and to, to do what he loves, that's really all you hope for in life, you know, to have a job that you love and, you know, you know, your life should not be work and you should not work for life, you know, I don't know if that's even the way that goes. How does it really go, AJ? It's like, you shouldn't, your work shouldn't be your life or your life, whatever. Just, just fucking hopefully have a job that you really care about and you're, you're happy with it and gives you fulfillment. And fulfillment is not monetary because there's a lot of assholes who might have a lot of money. But if you're just, you know, if you're working all day and you're happy, you know, whistle while you work and they, you know, if you, Love what you do. Is it really work? I don't know. I'm, there's a bunch of fucking bullshit story and analogy things. I don't remember them all. Or I'm probably hatching together about six or seven of them together. But Sam's a real deal. He's not going to, you know, toot his own horn or pat himself on the back. It probably made him really uncomfortable with me, you know, giving him compliments. But, you know, listen, he's he's incredibly talented you know i said well i'll say it again 
Sam underscore Heimer, H-E-I-M-E-R on Instagram. You can go to his Etsy store, buy some of his prints, support his various businesses. You know, it's just, uh, it's impressive because he could have, you know, as he said, he could have taken other other opportunities, other avenues. You know, later on in the interview, we'll talk about, you know, commissions he could be doing. It's just really, uh, it's a, it's really nice to see. And um, so if you're, uh, if you're a Halloweeniac or uh, you like a little, little, humor with your 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 gore your skeletons your pumpkin heads you know check out sam's work he's got some new stuff uh coming down the works a new uh, abomination can that should be coming out pretty soon we're really excited to see that one come off the line it's uh you know it's just really uh really cool to see so remember sam underscore heimer on instagram with a 16 ounce canvas this is episode number 98 we are in the heat of it. We're in the middle of season number nine. We've got some uh, really great folks lined up for season 10 already. So we're going to keep things moving. We're going to keep doing what we do and get right back into it. So here it is. Without further ado, part two, the essential, the expose. No, I'm just fucking with you. But this is just that uh, part two, Sam Heimer, 16-ounce canvas. Let's get at it. So yeah, we came to learn of you through the work with uh, Abomination, which is really cool because to me they're kind of yeah you know, they're a perfect fit for your your art. You know they have a they do some darker labels and what have you. And so how did that how did that come to be? You know that you're now. I mean maybe they did the whiskey. I mean you're doing it all right. You got your all your, all your booze party favors covered. You know coffee, <laughs> coffee whiskey and now beer. Yeah right. So yeah. Oh and beef jerky. <laughs> oh, there you go. All you need is like a hangover remedy for the next day, and you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll figure out a bloody mary mix or something. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that'd be good. Like a blood, like right, play off that bloody, right? Yep, yep. Now I can make it work. But now it's it's all it's all stepping stones and things coming full circle. Because uh, when I entered the illustration market, uh, illustrators should really be doing hard mailers to art directors and publishers at least like twice a year. And I'm not going to lie. I, I haven't done one in a while. Um, but the first one I did was to several hundred craft brewers in the United States. Uh, I sent it out right when they would have started brewing their, uh, pumpkin ales, harvest ales, you know, stuff for fall. It had a image of a pumpkin headed guy, uh, holding up a beer stein with a, uh, beer barrel kind of enveloped in vines. And I, I don't know. I, I expected a big return. Uh, at the time I remember sitting in a, a bottle shop and just staring at, at no offense, but some really, really, really bad label art out there thinking like, this is going to be like shooting fish in a barrel. And out of those several hundred postcards, I got one reply and it was Weyerbacher and they said, hey, we love your work, but we just contracted someone to do our rebranding. Uh, we'll definitely keep you in mind. Uh, and thanks for reaching out. And then oh, I'm not going to start trash talking that fucking jester. But yeah, uh, nothing came of that. And I, I didn't think twice about it. I moved on. Uh, fast forward, what, 12 years, uh, 
Trogues does a really cool art program for Nugget Nectar every year for the uh, first tapping. Uh, they've got events in a bunch of cities in the tri-state area. Uh, they have a bunch of different artists do promo posters. They make a bunch of swag. They have little art events, uh, poster signings. So I got to do that uh, last year, and they're a they're a pleasure to work with. Um, it's a shame that all of their design is done by, I'm not sure if it's the same person or the same studio, uh, but they do reach out to a ton of artists for this program. Um, and I, again, like they were great clients, uh, hit it off right away. They send their artists, uh, gift packages around the holidays with beer and glasses. I mean, really class act yeah, wow. all around. But through that, I ended up doing uh, promo posters for Ted Square's Brew Fest, which is one of the biggest uh, beer fests, conventions, what have you, uh, in uh, Pennsylvania. But I think it's one of the biggest ones in the United States. Uh, it was insane. I, even those little sampler cups, if I would have tried a quarter of what was there, I would have been deadened in the ground. Uh, but I think that is how Abomination saw my work. Uh, I'm going to guess that because they were there. I don't actually know. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, they were a ton of fun to work with because they gave me a beer name and said run with it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you go, to, yeah, if you go to Sam's uh, Instagram, you can uh, see the Nugget Nectar first squeeze poster that you did, which is great. And, uh, yeah, that's always a beer that, I don't know, it always reminds me of back home when I was up here and, and we finally get their distribution up here in Connecticut a little bit more, but, uh, it's always something, yeah, it's like comes out once a year and everything I've, everything I've, um, you know, we've had their artist on, uh, who did the rebrand and, but everything we've heard about them and their artists and what they do to support every year has just been, you know, world-class. And so it's, uh, it's great. It's great to hear that way uh, unsolicited. Yeah, no, I would, I would, if they hit me up again, I'll, uh, I'll definitely come running. There you go. And, uh, since then I've also done labels for, uh, New Realm Brewing. Yeah. Um, I want to say they're out of Virginia, but I actually, I'm not sure off the top of my head. So, so the one, so the one that's most recent is, uh, Rotting Earth. So how, how, how long did that? How was that? Because given your non-digital background, you know, and what you're doing, how did that kind of, how did you get down the can? You know, it's such a smaller size than what you're normally working with. How did that, how, did, how was that process? Oh, and that's the other kind of painstaking thing. Uh, I typically work to scale because when you start getting into that crazy line work, you, you can shrink it. It'll look okay, but you can't blow it up. Um, so I think I worked at like 150%. Um, okay. But again, it's just important that whoever's contacting you to do this, that they send you very exact measurements. That way, you know, nothing gets bungled. But yeah, I mean, that was probably one of the quickest jobs I've done in years just because A, it was so open-ended and B, I mean, the second they said, the name of the beer. I was like, Oh, know what I'm doing. 
we're done. <laughs> I like it because it looks almost like a wood etching, like the way the lines are. It's really, yeah, it's really, it's one of those ones that it's uh, kind of two-dimensional when you look at it. I mean, obviously it's almost three-dimensional, but by that I just mean when you look at it from further away, you see, you see something and then the more, the closer you kind of zoom into it, you, you notice, you know, all these different levels of, uh, of detail, which is, you know, at first you don't notice the, you know, that it's a globe in their hand, right? But I mean, and then you, you see all the, like I said, the almost looks like the line work for the waves looks like, you know, it could be a wood etching. So it's really, I really, yeah, it's nice. It looks like it's almost more colors than you normally use though, Sam. Like that's like, I think there's four, four or five colors in that one. So that's a little, you get a little crazy. Yeah. I, uh, I color something I'll never stop struggling with. I, oh, that's right. I'm colorblind, so you don't have to mess with Yeah, I'm good, man. You're good. There we go. Now, if it were up to me, I would only work in black, white, slime green, and blood red. What about orange, dude? What about your pumpkins? Oh, yeah. yeah. I just combine them both, you get pumpkin orange. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I like the fact that it's, just, it's slime green, which is perfect, yeah. Yeah. I think when I was like 10 or 11, Crayola had a... Uh, name their new color contest and i'm pretty sure i sent back the postcard it was like slime green vomit orange right Bug In fact, yeah. i don't even think i don't think my dad mailed it i think he just threw it out yeah, he was like wait this is gonna have our my, yeah, the heimer return address on it fuck that dude yeah he's like yeah i'm sorry they didn't pick you man yeah <laughs> they don't support your art like i do <laughs> yeah so you're let's give some love to the Himmelstadt's Heimbach. I nailed that twice, by the way. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, um, I'm impressed. Yeah, I, I've, that's one of the weird things of doing this podcast is I've, I, I would say I'm like 80 percent of the time I can nail people's like last names on the first go. So I don't, I don't know why that is. I think it's because my last name is always spelled wrong. So I'm really cognizant of that. But how, how did you come up with the idea of a of a kind of micro toy company and then? Is that with your buddy that you've did the other project with? Because you're saying he works in resin and what have you. Is, is, or is this just a, just a Sam project? No, he. Uh, it's a separate project, but he he taught me a good portion of what I know and how I work in resin. But uh, for uh, I don't want to get up on the soapbox here, but I'll give you a boost. You know, Let's go. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm clearly a nostalgic person. Uh, yeah, comes totally. across in my work, but like fan art and other people's intellectual property and other people's line language is like a no go for me. So, uh, a lot of people will hit me up for or attempt to private commissions of other people's stuff, which I just I don't do it. Um, you know, if you come to me with licensing, yeah, I'll do it but I don't do it. And I always saw it as like a really slippery slope because, you know, you do one private commission of whatever. And, you know, a couple months later, you find yourself at a comic con selling Kinko's prints, uh, Alf, you know, giving Hellboy a hand job and, you know, your, your career is down the tubes. Um, I, I always wanted to make toys, but I thought that it would be like the gateway drug into other weird, nostalgic pop culture behaviors. I, I can't connect the two, um, but I had to figure out a way to 
to keep it my work, to keep it my kind of theme and standards, I guess you could say. So not just, just by sheer luck and a tip from a friend, I, uh, I was introduced to a, uh, Ukrainian jeweler out of Chicago named Igor. And as soon as I heard his name, I was like, Igor, like that, that's a sign from Satan. Like I need this guy in my life. And I, I think that he is pretty good at making these little figurines look as though it's still my hand. Like it still has my line language. It's just simplified. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I've only been doing it for two years and it's, it's been a blast. I, I, yeah. Well, I like it as a step back. I think that's been the hardest part with some of this for me is the, what is, you know, what is a, an homage and what's a rip off and what's a hack job and what's, you know, just kind of, you know, uh, yeah, just the intellectual property is it's something I really, I find to be, I'm really passionate about and I'm still trying, and it's always developing because there's always a, you know, special case or an example that doesn't make sense or I can't explain it, which I'm butchering right now, but I just think it's really important. I just think it's really important because even just with naming, I mean, you see a lot in beer, which is so, because everyone's all about craft and it being this like independent thing. But then there's just so many fucking hack, hacky names that like aren't even trying, like trying to or what have you. And I don't know, I think there's ways you can do things which shows that you're a fan of something or you're inspired by something and not have it be, you know, oh, it's not the same, but like there's this great Instagram account, Intellectual Pooperty. And it's just basically like blatant ripoffs of things, you know. It's like, oh, they change one letter and are using every every the exact same color, Pantone, every you know of the right. product. And it's like, come on, like I I get what you're doing, but but then and then I don't know, I don't know, because then you have like the Andy Warhol right with the Campbell soup cans, right? You know, like that type of stuff. Like he he drew someone <laughs> else's thing, and it's like I, I don't I don't know. Everyone has like I hate a. Pop art so much. <laughs> right. Everything has an example of like, well, what about this? And I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't make it right. You know, like, it doesn't make yeah, it right. Yeah. No, there's there's a way to approach it with a yeah. soft touch. Right. And, Not a fucking hammer. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think if you're. Well, I, what the result, the, you know, the theme here, which I don't know if you would realize, you know, but you're being from day one true to yourself and doing what you think is the way that your your purpose here is to bring your life to you know your work to life and that's that should be that's something that you know you're not you're not going to make excuses you're not you know and again private commissions right that's probably nice payday and you're just saying i can't do that not because you think that's not you know you have some you know art, artistic integrity and that that's you know right i wish that was the commonplace and it's just I don't know. It's a it's a it's a fucking weird place, but I, I you know I never met you, Sam, but I, I you know I dig your integrity and what you're what you stand for. <laughs> I appreciate it. You yeah. uh, you ought to meet my brother. He's also an illustrator, and his uh his uh his standards are even higher than mine. <laughs> well, there you go. the The Heimer name carries some weight in my hometown of Philadelphia. Then, so I'm proud to hear that. And anytime I have to dial a <laughs> A two six seven two one five number now two six seven. I don't love two six seven as much as two one five, but you know they're still, you know. It's oh, a, I miss two one five. Yeah, exactly. You're right. That, that was a period of time, and it was like no. It was almost like you felt like you were, 
you, you know, you, you were, you were late to the, you know, late to the party. It was like, fuck, I don't want a two, six, seven number. So, yeah. No. But in it's fact, still... while we're at it, just, just give me back my seven number phone numbers. No worry. Yeah. Right. Oh, that was another box. Yeah. And some, some cities did it and then some didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, uh, <laughs> This, yeah, I, I do this too often where I sound really fucking old. And so people don't even know, like, people don't even remember what people's phone numbers are. So I, I'm lucky if I remember my name some days. <laughs> I'm, on the, I'm on the same boat, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you're doing a better job. Me, you're fucking drinking whiskey right now. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm in, <laughs> so I'm, I'm doing something wrong here. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what's the... Uh, you know, when this airs, obviously the the toy drop already happened. What's the big? You're you're working on a you know a new toy that's coming out. What's the what's the what's the the, the toy or what's the inspiration for the toy? Well, the one coming out today. Uh, I don't know when this podcast will air, but it drops in twenty minutes. It's uh it's a little Iron Maiden uh kind of dripping corpses out the bottom, but uh. On the back of it is engraved the toy company's motto, which is all is fun or all is death. And it kind of an inside. No, you know, it's not even an inside joke. It's just stating that the second this doesn't become fun, I'm just going to bail ship. Like making toys was never my end goal. Uh, I can never let it take away from my illustration. I can never let it take, you know, that time from what I do. So it's just kind of setting in stone uh, the mantra. Um, plus, I mean, the more I'm getting into the DIY kind of toy industry, I'm seeing that there's just tons and tons of backbiting and shit talking and rivalries. And like, at the end of the day, like, they're toys. And we're grown ass men spending more than we should be on toys. So, so have, have fun, like enjoy the art, like don't need to get heated. Don't need to steal people's shit. Don't need to just any of it. Like if you don't enjoy it, move on. You don't need to, I don't know. Yep. Unplug, think, unplug, disconnect, walk away, shut the fuck up and you know, live, live the scene of the day. Yeah. Amen. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, I agree. I, I Like I said. Yeah, we're we're gonna get. I think we're gonna get we're gonna get drunk together, and it's gonna be awesome. I look forward to it. Well, Tell you, man, come to Philly. I, I got a couple spots, dude. I mean, that's just coming home, right? Yeah, like I said, my my sibs are in the Northern Liberties, uh, Roxborough area. So uh, yeah, that's that's a uh, that's this is coming home for some family time. So it's all good with me. There we go. Let me know next time. <laughs> Amen to that. So this one will be interesting. I'm curious. Um, what? And my way to kind of get back into doing this, I used to do some radio back in the day. And um, but what kind of what kind of music you listening to? I mean, what, what's the what's the what's the vibe like at the the Heimer Studios when, when things are going down? Well, uh, I would, I would, Sam, to... I would love it. I would love if you're like I listen to the cla- classical music and like ballet, which which but we'd just be hilarious. Like if you had all this like hardcore death blood, and it was like. Oh, it's a this flutist. She's wonderful. Hold on, let, 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 let me hold my phone up to my computer that is semi on mute. Oh, all right. I don't know if any of that came through. It's a little melodic. That's, yeah. Uh, it's Philip Glass's uh, uh, 
etudes. It's either the etudes or the metamorphosis collection. Okay. Um, what I listen to in the studio is not what I listen to when I'm having a beer on the road. Uh, I, I can't do music with lyrics in the studio anymore because you notice the passage of time way too much. So for the most part, if it's not Philip Glass, it's uh, a band called Do Make Say Think. Um, it's kind of instrumental, experimental rock. Uh, I mean, the stuff's just epic soundtrack worthy and every track is several minutes. So I, if you put on like, I don't want to say a pop song, but like something I know, it just every time a song ends, it pulls you right out of what you're working on. Like you need something you know, kind of droney, kind of atmospheric, uh, a little lighter. I li- that I mean, makes sense. Cause yeah, the song has an ending and then you notice it fades out and then you're what's next. And then that kind of distracts you. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. And I right. mean, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to, I was just going to say, we, we pair these out with the episodes and I think we would, need, we'd be doing this on, um, disservice if what, what would be the favorite some favorite halloween tracks maybe you know or what would we get at least we'd include one but you know one bed underneath one of the segments of a halloween track uh i mean my my halloween album is tom waits blood money all right i'm with you the uh, the, the entire album just has that that feel to it and i know that people bitch and say it's overproduced and too shiny and too perfect but it's just a a flawless spooky album that, that sounds like October. Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember getting turned on. Yeah. I remember getting turned on to Tom Waits and it was just like, I mean, it was like probably this, it was very late in the morning or early at night, wherever you want to look at how you want to look at it. And it was just, (laughs) it was just like wonderful. It was like, he was in the room, like there with me, like arm, arm in arm, or, you know, just kind of, you know, like cigarettes burned down to your fingertips. It was just, yeah, it was wonderful. Now, seeing him live was was one of the best music experiences of my life. Oh, that's awesome! I gotta yeah, add no, it was, even in the nosebleeds, it was a it was a thing of magic. Where'd you see that? Uh, Columbus, Ohio, on the Glitter and Doom tour. Uh, me, a couple friends, drove all the way out there, and you know he was only playing, uh, you know, ballrooms, opera houses, like not stereotypical music venues and for uh for the encore he did eyeball kid which is honestly like i'm I'm not a huge fan of that track but he put on a top hat of shattered mirrors they shut off all the lights in the fucking place and shown the spotlights on them and it turned him into like a human disco ball and it was just like without being too drunk or on anything like the trippiest thing I've ever seen. It was just nuts. Oh, I like that. Cause again, it's simple production value and it was like, it's just so powerful. Yeah. I mean, pocket full of glitter can get you pretty far without having to spend too much money. <laughs> uh, today, my next album, pocket full of glitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sam, I, I, I enjoyed talking to you, man. You know, I, I know that you were, I had a, convince you to do this and i'm glad you did and i think that you know like i said you're a you're a hard-working son of a bitch and uh, i i applaud that you know and you're you're true to yourself and what you you know you know how you're using your art you know for good you know you're and uh 
Yeah, I wish you nothing but the best, my friend. Yeah, thank you, man. It's a pleasure talking with you, and I, uh, I highly appreciate it. Excellent. And, so uh, uh, we'll, we'll plug this. I apologize if I was bumbling or uh, tripping over my words in the beginning there. Nah, no one heard that part, right? We, uh, no one knows what you're talking about. <laughs> beauty of it. Beauty of garage band. <laughs> Snip, snip, and we're good. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, uh, like I said, I, I wish you uh, nothing but the best. One of the, the cool parts is we try to, you know, if we can, you know, meet in 3D. You know, we'll definitely, I've got some uh, hardcore Halloweeniacs in my in my life, and uh, I definitely will uh, be getting myself a, a print for the studio. And if any of those are T-shirts, I think some of those would be awesome. So, uh, yeah, we'll be in touch, and I'll, I'll let you know when this is going, going live and, you know, Good luck with the the toys. You know, you're a grown ass man selling toys, so I mean, you're doing something right. <laughs> uh, thanks so much, man. All right, talk. To, I'll talk to you uh, soon, Sam. Yeah, keep me if, posted. Yeah, if you need anything, I'm your guy. Right, so let me know. All right. Yeah, we'll do. All right, cheers, brother. Yep, have a good one. And there you have it, folks. The essential Sam Heimer interview. Perfect pairing with Valentine's Day. I think that if we were to pick one holiday that Sam could just remove from the calendar, I would pretty be willing to guess. Not that he does. Not that he's not a lover. Not that he's not a kind-hearted guy. But I just think that would probably be the complete opposite. If I told Nick he only had to work in like pink and like pastels and bright oranges and what have you. You might like the orange. You could probably work a pumpkin into it. But if we were giving him the, the colors, lace and all that shit, it would be hilarious. That, that would be a good kind of uh, role reversal or something like that for Sam. But we're not going to do that. We haven't met Sam yet. We're not going to try to piss him off. But we will uh, update you when, we, when he and I get together and have some of his whiskey and, uh, you know, do it up in Philly. But... We want to thank you. We want to thank you all for listening. You know, we're, we're joking about Valentine's Day. We want to send our love to each and every one of you out there. It means the absolute world to us that you're sticking with us, that you're supporting what we're doing, that we have almost 100 episodes in the books, and things are just going you know, really great. 2019 is going to be a great year. We should all be happy to be alive. Don't take any, you know, any of that for granted. It's the little things. Each day you wake up, stretch, look around. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to be alive. I'm happy to be here with you and we're happy that we have this platform to introduce you to so many, you know, incredible artists and designers literally from around the world. Now this season we got a lot of great artists. We've got, you know, we're we're going to some new places, Australia, Germany, and uh it's uh it's really, really great. And you're a part of that and we're doing it together and we want to thank everybody for all their recommendations suggestions, hashtags. It's really great, and we thank you for that. So without further ado, I'm going to get out of here. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Friday. Happy, well, if you have Monday off, the holiday's off, you know, happy happy day off to you. But uh, we will be here next week and the week after and so on and so forth. So have a great week. Thank you once again, 16-ounce canvas, 16ozcanvas.com, 16ozcanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave us a review, ratings, whatever it is that you do, and uh, don't be a stranger. 
thank you again, and uh, keep in touch. All right, talk to you soon. Sam underscore Heimer on Instagram. Go buy some of his prints. Go buy some of his shit. Go buy some of his toys. We say shit with the kindest uh, intentions. It's uh, all high-quality shit, and uh, it's another great episode in the books. So thank you. Until next week, cheers.